This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The book, A Spiritual Recovery, is a vibrant mosaic of a pragmatic spiritual worldview. Through a filter of optimism, faith, and gratitude, the author, Linda Crea, shares her remarkable healing adventure, blending compassionate medical care and alternative methods to heal her body, mind, and spirit. As Linda faced surgery due to a precancerous lesion on her colon, She knew she was in control and supported by God and the universe. Adhering to spiritual practices such as the law of attraction and meditation was imperative in order for the most pleasing outcome to manifest. As things turned out, blessings appeared that exceeded any expectations Linda had. Linda guides you step by step to a place in your mind where self-awareness and clarity exists. Once you master the LOA mindset and dismiss negative thought patterns, you will be a magnet which will attract to you what you truly want. In this episode, Valeria Tellis interviews Linda Crea. Linda is the mother of two adult sons currently residing in Florida's Treasure Coast, a place she has always dreamed of living. A decade before moving to the Sunshine State, Linda spent a few years cycling due to fallout from a painstaking divorce. When she realized she needed help, a whole new world opened up for her. One where she met God and adopted a lifestyle full of the glorious spiritual practices she teaches today. Linda is an ordained minister, spiritual energy healer, and transformation coach. You can find her hosting deep healing guided meditations and other events. These powerful gatherings include astral travel, chakra clearing, and prayer. Each one is carefully created to bring in light and life-changing self-awareness. She is also co-author of Woke, an anthology book. Here is the interview with Linda Crea. In your own words, who is Linda Kriya? Well, today, Linda Kriya is a happy person who really feels a lot of love in her life, and she wouldn't have it any other way. And I like to teach and share about how to live in balance, balance purpose, and live, create a life that you love. So part of my coaching and my, my spiritual coaching teaching about chakras and how to stay balanced in life and choose who's in your life and how to repair relationships brings you to that point where you can be happy and peaceful within. And it actually radiates to the outside. You are what you think, you manifest what you believe is true, and you keep it really heart chakra and above. So that just means taking the high road. There it is. That's who I am today. And that's great. I love the way you said that. Yeah, this is who I am today. Yeah, that word. Mm. I have a few warm-up questions before we talk about your book, A Spiritual Recovery, from my Colin story. A prayerful guide, how to use spiritual practices and conventional medicine to have a blessed outcome from surgery. So my first unrelated question, what is life? Life is what we're given in this time from birth till we depart from our bodies. And 
we have to experience this life. And what I've learned to realize is that we're on this planet for our own life purpose. And that comes from our third chakra. And, and it's in there and it's in our body to do what our life is supposed to be. So everyone else can't be attached to what they want for you in your life. So what I've come to learn again, who I am today, and I have been for quite some time, when I learn to unravel everyone else's little pause lovingly at times to show me where to go, I use my higher self through meditation and my spiritual practices to figure out who I am and what my life purpose is. Because when you're in your life purpose, you're very happy. And that's how we know it, right, Linda? Mm. Uh, so you just spoke about the third chakra. Can you tell me what that is? Sure. Your third chakra, we have seven main ones, and your third chakra is in the center of your belly. It's right in the center of your belly, and that constitutes your happy place, your who you are, your personal power. That's why if someone's overbearing to you, your personal power chakra will hurt, and you'll see it was like a punch in the gut. You know who you are through that chakra and how it feels to you. So, And the third chakra is also called the solar plexus, and it's correlates to the color yellow and sunshine will feed it and make it feel better. You breathe in this beautiful energy through that chakra. But it it also is associated with if you have problems in your life, a lot of times that third chakra will digest the life problems and it will create havoc in the areas of your body that exist in the center of your stomach. So like your liver, your stomach, your pancreas, your metabolism, um, you could have problems digesting if you have third chakra things going on in your life. So each chakra is kind of your emotional digestive system. So when you can understand how your external world is affecting your chakra areas, your body will feel really good in those, in that area. So your third chakra is like a little receiver a funnel and it turns, it actually spins. Your chakras are actually turning. Yeah, that makes so much sense. That's funny because we feel anxiety, fear. That's the area that I feel. That's the area they will be affected first, like you said. And that's interesting to know. Yeah, and you could actually put your hand on it and just pacify it and tell that everything's okay, and then understand why at that moment, go deep and go within and, and understand on a deeper level between conversation between you, your higher self and you, and you'll understand where that came from and why you feel that way. And you have to then ask, is it true or not? You know, is this really happening? Or should it affect me like this at this time? And a lot of times it's not. So we release it and we get our third chakra balanced again. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when you can take care of yourself like that. Right, right. Yeah, having this understanding, right, the connecting with your own self. You, you also speak of, you just spoke again about the higher self. How is it the higher self different from the soul, from the heart, the spirit, divine force, the creator, God? Well, the way I explain it and feel it, and I do this every time I sit a new person down for our meditation, I explain that we're these physical bodies and around us is this energy field, and we all have it, and it's bigger than ourselves. But our higher self, I explain, is goes up maybe a hundred feet bigger than us. It's still our energy field, but it's a bigger version of us that is looking down at us and loves us like God's love. So it is the most highest degree of love ever possible on this planet. And guess what? We don't tap into that very often. We're too busy doing our lives. So when you can get that feeling yeah. of love rushing down on you and approving of everything and there to help and support you, it's a miracle. So that's your higher self. This is the same as the soul, what we call the spirit? It's a part of our your personal spirit. Yeah. And I believe we're all connected through our God's energy, so the universal energy force. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's still you and yours. So that will always remain near you, with you personally, and not with everyone else. So God is with everyone. So in a way, everything, everything's connected and accessible. Yeah. The force, the divine force. Yeah. You know, Wayne Dyer, years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but he said it in the most 
a way that struck me, a beautiful way that really I held on to. And he said, imagine God is like your arm. (laughs) And then each human on the earth is like a finger, right? They're all attached to the arm, but they all look different. Maybe one has a little, you know, bump on it and this and that. So all the fingers are different. And so that's how I feel that we are all as humans connected to God's energy. Love, the love, the love. That's what it is. Mm, Love, right. So continue with my uh, warm-up questions. The first one was about uh, what is life? And the second one is what is the opposite of life? Would that be not living so, well, if the, boy, if there was ever an opposite of life, you would assume it was death, but death is still living. So guess what? Maybe, mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one, boy, because now I would think life is not living your life. If mm. your life is, you're alive, right? Or was it, it, would it be before? That's a good question I never pondered. I like what you said, actually. So the opposite of of life would be not living your life. That would be a really, really a shame. And that's what is different people. And they're they're in a shelter for too long, as far as I'm concerned. But again, it's their mission. It's their path. Mm. When they're if they're not ready to be helped, I don't. You know, I'm I'm not allowed. That's their free will. But when they cry out and ask for help to live, (laughs) when we open them up. Yeah, I like that too, Linda, what you just said, yeah, because that resonates as compassion and understanding that everything is connected to, to the divine force and everything is it. There's no separation, really. So, mm. yeah, And it's their third chakra, not mine, <laughs> so I'm not allowed to force on their, uh, use, you know, to push on their will and tell them what they're supposed to do. Right. right. Yeah. Beautiful. So what is the meaning of freedom to you? Oh, I love freedom because guess what? We have not many freedoms right now with this <laughs> coronavirus going on. True. So I've been t- I've been thinking so much about our freedoms and how greedy I feel or not greedy. What's the word? Spoiled. Because even though my freedoms are limited, I don't have to be the nurse on the front lines because I'm not qualified, not because I wouldn't do it, you know, in those hospitals. So our freedom is to do and to think and have our own opinions and change our mind every minute if we'd like to, because that's our freedom. That's me. That's again, my third chakra, all of mine, that's mine, right? So in order Mm. to be truly free, we should, if all of our chakras were perfect, we will go from the first top to the bottom. In our higher chakra, we would be connected to God if I was totally free, connected all the time and using that divine wisdom and love, okay? Um, Knowledge. And then I would use my sixth chakra and I would open that and I would be able to dream of what I wanted and manifest what I wanted truly in this lifetime, earth space reality. And then, oh, this is great. And then my fifth chakra in the center of my throat, if I was able to be free, I would be able to speak freely and speak clearly and be heard for what I really mean and make no mistake about it and be able to dance and not and be, be happy and not ever ashamed, right? And then if I was able to be free in my heart chakra, I would be able to give and receive love freely, always 100% healing and love. That would be freedom. And then in your third chakra, your belly chakra would be freedom to laugh and express and be who I am. If I like to be goth, I be goth. If I like (laughs) to have tattoos, I have tattoos. I'm okay with that. That's me. Uh And then my first, second chakra is your, your orange chakra under your, in the seat of your, uh, it's underneath your belly button, your second chakra, you can reproduce, you can feel sexy and glowing and, and vibrant human being, your earth self, your body, you love yourself, no matter what it looks like, it does not matter. You just feel that positive connectivity to mother earth at this time. And your first chakra, if it was open and free, you'd be able to know you have quality, solid relationships you're able to work on this planet, enjoy activities, relationships, feel grounded, have a sense of belonging. So that's really the total package of being free. I got carried away there. <laughs> I find it fascinating, um, the chakras, right? It's not just a concept, it's a science. Can you talk to me a bit about that? How do we become free through opening and balancing our chakras? Sure. Well, that was is a developmental thing the way I learned it. But 
understanding the concept of it. And I think I give a little chapter in my book because I think it's titled What the Heck's a Chakra because I did use that on myself to have my body cooperate so much with my healing because I wanted it to after my surgery. The second after my surgery was over. But in order to heal your chakras, I developed where I can channel energy through meditation. It came in through meditation, through your crown chakra, through your higher chakra, that love, that loving force, okay? And you don't have to really do anything but intend for healing. And you'll develop a sense Mm -hmm. where you feel it come through. And then when you put it on the areas of your chakras, a lot of people will feel it actually circling and turning. And you just gently open each chakra as you move your hand up your body. That's what I would do on my own. And if you're ever having an area of discomfort, the sooner you put your healing hands in that space of meditation and calling in that beautiful life force energy, you put your hands on that area and gently, you know, ask and, and, and have it heal and ask for that healing energy to open the chakra or your area of discomfort and allow it to release because stress and holding in energy creates pressure, bumps, blisters, and unhealth, disease, right. dis-ease, discomfort. And if you release those energies that are hold, held in your body as frustration, they will release and you'll feel better. So that's what the major, that's what the chakra clearing and the whole system is about. So it's about releasing blood pressure, lowering blood pressure, heart rates. You know, it's, it's a beautiful way to de-stress. And if really everyone learned it, oh, the world yeah. would be different. <laughs> so true. We can heal ourselves, right? Yeah. Way, the way you're saying. Yeah. And we do it naturally anyway, but we don't really know what it is because no one ever told us because I didn't know about it until only 10 years ago. Yeah. That's incredible. Changed my life. Yeah. Right. So my next warm-up question is, what is your greatest joy? Well, it's simple. It's simple things now. It really is. And it really is channeling that loving force. And meditators who have been doing it for years and can sit in that space of love for hours of bliss would uh, agree. And people who haven't tried it or anything wouldn't know it until they gave it a, a little try. But that's that being in that place of love and offering it to others it's uplifting. It, it just, it just feels so good to be alive. Yeah. Wow. It really does. No matter who I'm with or where I am, even alone, it doesn't matter. It just feels so good to be in that space. Yeah. It's interesting the way you didn't connect joy to doing anything. It was just the space. It's almost like a state of mind. It is a state of mind because you, and you see others projected out. So you can see it in their eyes and they radiate this joy. And that's my favorite. Yeah, it's not yeah. anything because I love to do lots of things. <laughs> we all a little of it. this and a little of that. And a little, oh <laughs> boy, I can get carried away. But the, the true essence of me is to be in that space of joy. Yeah. yeah. What is the world's greatest need in your opinion, Linda? Patience. If everyone had a little more, can I say freaking patience? <laughs> serious I'm Mm. so serious and I'll say I'm serial because I am a little funny so I'll be like I'm (laughs) serial and they'll be like what and I'm like yeah I'm serious but that's what we need Uh patience Mm -hmm. if everyone just took a step back yep I like that yeah you often connect love to patience and kindness so that resonates and speaking of love What is your definition of love? What is love? Compassion, kindness. It's this heart-based, and it does come from your heart. You'll see when people win games and, you know, their team wins, they grab their heart. They think, you know, they do. We just innately thank God and we lift our hands up. So love is this higher energy that flows through us, that, again, flows through us. Because I learned that on, you know, an energy healer um, level. But love flows through us and it, it shows compassion and kindness. No negative energy is associated with love ever. True. It just can't. It's just not, it's just not even a thing. Yeah. So love is 
the kindness, the compassion, the caring, all of the human qualities of that would create joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from that state, so many others, um, other positive states manifest, right? Inner peace, joy. We can manifest lower energy things too. And that's why, you know, we have them mm. in this, on the earth space. Other people can manifest lower energy stuff. They don't, they're doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, true. So, yeah, in a way, it's the experience of life, isn't it? Everything's part of it. It's mm-hmm. hard to push away anything. Um, I like the idea yeah. of choosing, choosing to live in a certain way. Um, where, what, and who is God? Where? It's an energy. He's an energy. And we can feel it when we ask for it and we surrender to it. It's an energy. I don't believe it's a person. I know Jesus is a person that was on earth that would be the highest godlike. Jesus to me is my brother. And so in spirit, he's still my brother and with me all the time, but he's God's energy too. And so am I, and so are you. So God, who is he? It's energy. It's this loving force that we can feel. And maybe when we're, you know, in, in beyond, we will have a talking relationship other than just this feeling of the energetic love. And so he's everywhere. Like I said, he's the arm and we're all the fingers. Mm-hmm. Oh, we get to run around in this life and, and just, we should be just having fun, but you know, we all have to go through our own life. Yeah. Right. Like you said earlier, everyone has a purpose of their own path. We have to respect them to some degree, you know, and help them. <laughs> oh yes. Help them. And also mm-hmm. if we block our crown chakra, yeah. I run across this. People's crown chakra are blocked because one, they don't like God. Somebody told them something or God, or they're not having a happy time. So they're like, God's, you know, stupid or not here or mean, or they're, they really do block that crown chakra. And two, any of the love or any of the intelligence or life force energy, and they end up with migraines and, you know, tinnitus and all these weird things going on in their head chakra in that area. Yeah. So we really can block out God. And, and, and then once they open it, things get better. Oh, wow. But is this done um, unintentionally? or No, because you can see it in a person. So when yeah. the person decides to let God in and they say, and they finally just throw their hands up and, and stop fighting their life or whatever's going on and just say, and just go another way, they'll let God in or they'll say, God, help me. And then boom, once they open that themselves, I don't always have to, you know, we don't have to like consciously open our chakras with our hand energy, but I just do it because that's my easy way out maybe. Right. <laughs> and, and my body knows my intention is for real when I do it. It's like, okay, Linda's ready for, you know, this is not open because she is putting her hand there. She is serious now. <laughs> Otherwise we can just do it. Thinking, yeah. loving thoughts. Yeah. I like that. Uh, bringing the body into it, right? So connecting everything. And I guess my last question, warm-up question is, what is the purpose of your life? Wow. Mine probably is to be an inspirer and a helper. And I haven't figured out yet what kind of scale it's supposed to be on. You know, if it's supposed to be on a grand scale or if I'm just supposed to help who's at arm's length. Mm. You know, I've lived in three different states and I've helped a, a lot of people along the way, but I really, I'm not sure. So I do ask Archangel Uriel for help and guidance. He's the flashlight who leads me and, and directs me where I should be going, right? But it's not always clear. I don't know exactly. So mm. my life purpose really is to uplift and inspire because I just can't stop it from coming out of me. Right. So it's... I do believe I'm lucky. I'm very blessed. You know, because I worked through some areas of my life that weren't great for a time and I came back to my happy self and that's where I'm staying. Yeah, I like that. What you just said about in the way not choosing, being in this space of choiceless. What was the intention to write the book, A Spiritual Recovery? Well, I had the surgery and as I was going through all of the, I guess, my backstory of the book, or, or actually the book is my surgery, but it was the shock of 
oh dear, I have to have surgery to have this precancerous thing out. Um, and I realized as I was going through my appointments and all of this, I really, cause I'm an, I, I'm an energetic, um, person. How do you say it? I'm a sensitive and empath, but I learned how to control it through my, again, the spiritual ways. So I don't get injured by it, but I notice it very, very intuitive on that. So I was noticing how people were reacting to things I would say or things I would think or things I would wish. And I was meditating the whole way every day and I would get clear, you know, pictures of, wow, you know, this lined up for me so beautifully. Thank you. And I'm always in gratitude. So thank you. You know, there's another one. Let's just like you lick your finger and you make the number one right in the sky. And you're like, there you go. Thank you. And then I kept like having all these little earth things line up for me. And then oh, the hospital that I was, you know, having my surgery at handed me this manual. And they're like, you're the very first person to get this. We just created this. My Our team of experts um, in this department. And you're the very first person on a Monday morning at nine o'clock to receive this. And I'm like, I am a healer and I'm getting all this healing wisdom. And I was (laughs) glowing right then before I even read it. So that was another thing that went well for me. So all those things, synchronicity is just lined up. And then when my surgery went so well and I was out of there in two days and it could have been a week or it could have been two weeks in the hospital, I was just like beyond because, and I was just wanted to thank my doctor. So I actually wrote all the things in that manual that went on to help me. And um, even before it, like my doctor was very clear to eat well and, you know, because you got one chance to heal this body, you know, and to really pay attention to your nutrition where I really didn't before that. I'm a pretty easy keeper. (laughs) And just to organize your life and to all that, you know, very, very smart medical people, uh, the way they did things really was caring and loving. And many times we don't like our med, our medical professionals. We do not appreciate them. So I really wanted to let them know how much it helped me besides my normal ways. So, and so I wrote the 40 page thank you note to them 10 days after my surgery and, or 21, I handed it to my surgeon and just a thank you note. And then whoever the creator was, I can't say their names. Um, they were told I, I shouldn't, um, Anyway, they want to remain anonymous. And so, yeah, six months later, they got a copy of it. And she called me immediately and she's like, I'm crying. Thank you so much. Because usually we don't get feedback from our clients. Not like this anyway. Yeah. So and then I had thought about, you know, I had already thought about and that was just journal journaling. I was journaling my details and it kind of got out of control and ended up Mm -hmm. being the book because I had nothing else to do. I couldn't do life things I had to like kind of really relax for five weeks right what a great opportunity yeah and then the book and then I knew I needed to share it with more people in honor of them and in honor of my spiritual work so the both work together is what it really 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 I want to impress on people and how to make mature rational decisions through the art of meditation or the lifestyle of meditation lifestyle of meditation how you can make amazing good decisions for yourself without panic or fear stepping in. Right, right. So did you face any challenges writing the book? Yeah, what challenges did you face and how did you overcome them? Oh boy. Well, I'm not a writer, right? But I have a story to tell. So I did hire a writing coach because I knew there was more to the story than just the medical story. So, and it was pulled out how I think about things, like how as a person of my age, how I think like that. Like, why do I take the high road? Why do I live in gratitude no matter under any circumstance? And then the things happen better for me. So how, how do you, you know, why do I go there? Why do I hear this ego in my mind saying something negative and I automatically go, that's not true. I dismiss it. And then I go into some positive image in my mind. That was one thing that I had to learn. And then the second really big thing, and this was a big part of it, was I had, you know, family issues, major ones, and it led led to a lot of stress, a lot of stress. And a lot of people have family issues and mine weren't worse than some, but they were hurtful to me. And I wanted to put little stabs in there, okay, like little stabs to hurt, energetically hurt those who were in my life, even though I weren't, wasn't going to name them, I actually put them in there. And, and my writing coach liked it 
because it added a little spice and it was very true. But then through, thank God, the graces of the process, they said, no, you don't want to put that in there. It could work against you. You could have a lawsuit. You could have this. And I said, that's life again, giving me a little slap and saying, Mm -hmm. you don't want to go to the low road, young lady. You've (laughs) been there. What is the point? So that's why (laughs) that was the biggest lesson. And I made a video of it because I want people to know my mistakes, because guess what? It's easier to learn from other people's mistakes than to, to, you know, make a million of them. I'd rather learn that way. Yeah, I agree. Although most of the um, biggest lessons in life, they come from experience, right? They do. But couldn't it be other people's experience? (laughs) I guess, right? I don't know if that happens, really, if you can um, learn profound lessons without your having your own experience. I'm not sure. That's another question. I, I don't have it here to ask you, but that's a good question to ask. Do you think it's possible? We weigh that all the time. I weigh it all the time. Everything I hear, I'm ingesting through that area of my body. I hear with my ears, but I'm taking it in because I may hear something and it hurts my stomach. I know mm. it's going to resonate with me well. Mm, that's yeah. yeah. So that's an energetic you know, hit on my third chakra saying, no, don't do that. And then I'm learning, you see? So I do think I learn a lot from listening and reading and yeah, everything, experiencing, even standing in line behind someone that's having a conversation uh, with the checkout clerk. I'm learning. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. It's kind of neat. All of us, right. Mm-hmm. What is the law of attraction? I have heard a lot about it. It's something that I personally never practiced, not intentionally. Oh, I love the law of attraction. <laughs> well, you bring to what you put out comes back to you. So if you put out words that are negative, like I'm ugly or this, and it, those come back to you and you feel ugly and you just, it's just not smart. We'll just say that it's not smart. So if you say things like, I am love, I am loving, I, I am a winner then that winning energy comes back and infiltrates you. If you say, my, my knee hurts. Okay, so you hurt your knee. My knee hurts. When you keep saying it and you don't stop saying it, guess what? Your knee's not going to feel better. Mm-hmm. If you put your hand on your knee gently and say, you, you know, my knee's going to feel better. You attract that into your body. It starts to happen. And then all of a sudden, and, it, and could it be a placebo? Could it be this or is it the law, the universal law that is always true? Always. It's a law. Yeah, that's why it's called the law, right? Law ah, yeah, and people don't get it. You know, it's not a joke. So th- that's what I say. Give everything a try for yourself to everyone. And then when it mirrors, when you've noticed that the crown chakra is open to receiving all the gifts of the universe and God and your higher self and the bliss and the glory that we want to feel awesome you will manifest things beyond your wildest dream. If you sit in a world and are depressed, like crushed, down, low, down, looking at the ground, you can't be open to receiving the beauty and miracles. So we have a choice on what we manifest, the law. So if the depressed people continue to say, I'm depressed, nothing ever works out for me, I never win, I go, oh, no, 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 let's change that if you want to. Right. Otherwise, right, right. there will at their time. But but I, I've seen so many lights turn on the inner glow stick, I say. Yeah. I have seen so many people rise from that depression just because they learned the language of the law of attraction. And that's affirmations. So there's a lot of that out there. So and that's the same thing. You're affirming a positive. You never want to go with the negative because, boy, when that comes into your life, you're like, what did I say that for? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So for somebody who is a beginner, would that be the first step to um, to take the affirmations, work with them? Is that the very first step or would that be meditation? That's the beautiful melody of opening yourself up to the concept. Yes, that is the number one thing you would do. And write them down because when you do it, it's an energetic extension extension of your thoughts. When you write something... It is taking your mind energy out your body, out your arm, putting it on paper, and then you witness it, and it becomes you. So always write beautiful things. 
So um, affirmations verbally and also writing positive statements. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. How did you learn? How did you come across the law of attraction? It what it was through all of my spiritual training. So it was through the meditation and oh, and it was me making that decision one day to release everything from my past, whining about it, being a victim, crying about it, wondering why it happened, giving a care what happened. I flushed it right down the toilet and I did not go looking for it. That's when I made the decision to 100% get on the heart chakra and above lifestyle. And it's been amazing. It really but that was uh, an intuitive understanding in practice or you learned from somebody else? You read a book or spoke to a friend? I made the decision. Oh, I went, I did courses and I, and I changed my whole life in that your tribe represents your vibe. So any negative people that wanted to cling on to gossip and all of that stuff that doesn't serve us when we are want to be on that happy plane on this earth life space, when you release gently, you don't have to judge them any longer. You just make the decision. You step back, look at your world and make the decision that you want it different. You want to feel good for a change. Then you do this. And then those ways come, you'll find those ways through the podcast, through this. You know, I had courses. I had so many courses. I listened to constantly lectures and uplifting things and meditations, which I, you know, put out same thing. I learned how to do them and then they became me. Mm. Oh, they wow. really did. Yeah. Wayne, Wayne Dyer said something again. I'm going to keep repeating Wayne. I don't know. Maybe I'm channeling him, but yeah. he, said, mm. he said, you are what you put out. So picture somebody's an orange. If you poke them, if you make them mad, what, what do you get? Oh, wow. <laughs> you, you get juice. Yeah. Right. And if you're peach, mm. you get peach juice. But if you're angry inside and someone pokes you, you get anger quick. Yeah. Wow. The choice to release all of the ickiness. I like that. That's a great uh, example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, yeah, and I learned that. So, yeah. So, and I became it. I made sure I became it. And I don't ever want to change. Yeah. I love that, Linda. You talked about peace after the diagnosis. You say I was at peace with it because I knew I had a mindset that would never fail me based on the law of attraction I'd learned years ago. So I guess the question I have here, you already had some training, which is that's a great way of preparing ourselves for the challenge of life. But I have a different question. How is being calm different than being peaceful? almost the same. It gives the same energy, right? Calm and peaceful. But calm might just be an adjective, like something, but peaceful would be peace within. Calm, busy, those could be like adjectives. Is that an adjective? So something you do, you are calm, you are excited, you know, but peaceful is a place of mind. It's a presence. It's a presence. It's to a be presence, right. I suppose, or they're very similar. Yeah, in a way, from peacefulness, I guess we can get to experience calm, in a way. Right. Through the, the, the body. Um, so let's talk about um, being a uh, spiritual energy worker yourself. What are the challenges that most spiritual energy workers face, and you did yourself? Oh, as far as putting our work out into the world, because we feel judged and we feel like we're not credential. And the biggest thing, and I know this, is that we can't measure the outcome. Even though the outcomes are amazing for every individual I touch, what happens is I can't say to someone, you know, take this spiritual energy healing distance or, or with me, and you're going to get this and this and this outcome. And that, to me, that's the most beautiful thing because sometimes they get way more than they ever bargained for. And it's awesome. Amazing dreams and they know things and their bodies feel certain things and they do have healings of emotional and physical value, but I can't guarantee it. So then others will look at my work and say, well, it's a waste of time. And then they block it if I was to do a healing on them. And that's what happens. So until someone's really ready to receive and honor it, 
and enjoy, especially it is the highest degree of love ever put on you. And again, I'm just a channel. So whatever healing you're supposed to get, you're going to get. But I can channel that energy through me onto my clients. And it's so, so powerful. And it's 100% love. It's That's what it is. So that's the big challenge to get people to believe it. Yeah. Right, right. And themselves, right? Because that's... Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering here, how do we balance uh, this desire to help others, but at the same time to let them be themselves, let them change if they want to and or not change if they are not ready? And that and that brings me to my patience. Mm, right. And not to do it. I'm not allowed actually ethically as a healer, as a good healer, a right one. I can't do it if they don't ask for it. It is a waste of my time and it's not right because they're not wanting it. So I put it out. I say, would you like? And if they say no or they ignore me, then I, then I know to move along. Cause why do I want to sit in that energy where I'm pushing my wants on another? Right. And I see it happen all the time with others. And it does, right, Linda? It's very common, Our actually. Want to. Our hearts want to fix everyone. <laughs> yeah. What about being a mother, a parent, um, if you're a spiritual healer too? How is it possible not to guide or try to control, in a way, another human life? Oh. <laughs> well... <laughs> Here we go again yes. with the Wayne Dyer. The song, Row, Row, Row Your Boat, up in my, in my learning journey. And Wayne said, row your boat, kid song. He's like, I, he has eight kids. He says, well, this child wants to live in a dinghy. And this child wants to live in a yacht. You know, and this child wants this race boat. You choose your boat. So I, as a parent, have to let my kids Choose their boat. They have to choose their own boat. I can't. I'm off their boat. Their boat is their boat, right? Row your boat. Your boat. They didn't say like row the boat my mom wants me to row. So right. when right. honestly letting go of my kids allows me so much, so much grace and benefits because then when my little paws are off of them energetically or pushing or words or whatever it is, I get more joy out of watching them flourish on their own. And it is ridiculously, again, joyful. Mm. It is so beyond me because when mm. I had the divorce and everybody was fighting and angry and division and, oh, icky yuckiness, at some point I had to let go. And guess what? Then they flourished. When there's fighting going on, it's no good. When there's pushing and bossing and resistance, it's just no good. So that's the best. Is So as a healer, learning to respect my, even my mother attachments. You're supposed to have the child and then let them be themselves. That's the most fun, actually. Yeah, it makes so much sense. Yet yeah, There's so much power in acceptance, surrender, and letting go. Those words, they resonate so much with me because that's the freedom of being yourself and letting others be themselves. Yeah, it feels best that way because I didn't like when people had their claws right, in me. Right, right. Oh, so. my God, we know what that feels like, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. See? So I have to then really go deep and, and get that. Yeah. So having that yeah. experience helps a lot, yeah, as a reference. How is um, your self-awareness method, the law of attraction and mindfulness connected? Well, again, that's really a great question. Because the law of attraction would be what you put out comes back to you. So I know that principle. And then, oh, what was the other one? What, what I feel? Um, yeah, you call it WSA. Oh, YSA, yeah. So you're so aware. So, okay, so, so picture, if I'm in a meditative state, which I do describe in the book how to do it um, to get there. If you're in a meditative state and you are wishing something good to happen and you're aware of all of your options and because you're aware, your self-awareness. And then if you think of something gentle and loving and you feel happy, or if you think of the nasty way to go and your body has this, like the shoulders come in and they go like, Oh no, that would be, I would like it, but that would, Oh, you know, mm -hmm. if your body like, you know, how do you say, create stress or tension in your body anywhere? 
that's your self-awareness. So you have to like give yourself a pat on the back and say, oh, I am very clear and very aware. When I thought that, my body felt not good or good. So you're going to go whichever way you choose, right? You want to feel good or you want to be mean and then have repercussions physically or other ways. So that's your self-awareness. Always be aware of how your body responds through this, what your external forces, your six senses, because intuition is a sense, whatever it is experiencing in your life, which is so much fun when you, it's almost, it's not a game, but it is life. So when you're really just living in an observer, a happy observer in your life, and you're taking all this information in and you you're, use your self-awareness to be aware of how your body responds to what it is and then to react in a way that's according to the law of attraction, what you want, how you want the end result to be. I would say that's pretty much the answer. So to, that's how I would tie those two together. So your body will respond to, you know, how it feels in that particular circumstance and then you would put out how you would like to respond and then you will get that back right and would that be then the result of the combination of the two result in uh, mindfulness only if you choose mindfulness right right yeah and that's the thing because we do have choices constantly we're barraged with choices so only if we choose mindfulness um will that happen see yeah, choosing goes back to that word. Yeah, choosing. It's easy yeah. to confuse choosing with controlling, isn't it? Like you said, uh, it's easy to tell because it doesn't feel good yeah. when we're being controlled yeah. or controlling others. No, not not not. It feels normal though for most people because I did for the majority of my life. I was a real oh, estate broker. Right. Talk about control. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, appointment. <laughs> money and oh pushy pushy deals so no i just let go of all of that too that's shed so i did that for many years though and i think i was above the bar on doing things in a heart heart space but still there was a lot of control and pushing and bossing and those that was a choice at the time and then i said no more Mm, so what are you saying? The control is a choice as well we can choose to control or not to let or let go yeah and we don't realize it until we sit and really understand we have that choice and oh, not because wow. we're constantly like well i gotta stay in that career well no you don't well what else will i do well keep asking what do i do what do i do and when it, something comes to you go take it yeah yeah and then what are you saying is that the way to know our choices better and to discover possibilities is to stay quiet in meditation it's a great method Works works for a lot of people, yeah. Uh, besides meditation, is there another method you'd suggest? Yes, and everyone does it on their own, I believe. And I, I used to have a horse too for two decades. And when I would ride my horse, I believe I was meditating because I was mm. in my happy place of joy, heart chakra and above, and I was in my bliss. And I didn't realize I was meditating. But all those times on the trails, at a walk, at a trot, at a canter, didn't matter. I was in my bliss. And you're just thinking happy things and you're laughing inside. You know, your third chakra is just thrilled. So when people are woodworking or painting or dancing or just walking in nature on the ground, that's their meditation. And you can't, I mean, Einstein used to play his violin in the kitchen. That's where he channeled all of his great things. I read his autobiography. I love it. Or I listened to the audiobook, but it was awesome. He was channeling. He was meditating in his kitchen playing his violin. Um, violin. Pretty cool. So we can do in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be in a specific method, right? Like meditation. No, no. If, you're, if your body feels good and peaceful, you know, um, You can live your whole life beautifully without meditation as a practice. But when you need more and you want to feel that bliss coming through you, it's amazing. It's amazing. I have young people that love to meditate. They're like, it's not just for stress relieving because they know what I feel. They know what it is. The higher bliss, this ridiculously high place that people don't just get to um, by doing anything in their natural life, waking state. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Would you like to add anything that I didn't cover about the law of attraction? Mm, I can, oh, yes. The law of attraction, well, actually, I was going to 
to just give a little, how do I say, a little more to it because you can attract in what you want. And I'm supposing I'm not really keeping in line with law of attraction, but in order to block other people from putting their energy on you, there is there is a energetic way to keep others off of your wants mm. to block them to like put a little force field around yourself so that their words don't come onto your words. It may yeah it may not actually fit the question. So law of attraction. But that's interesting to know, right? Do you want? Do you feel like disclosing this uh, to the audience? Yeah, I think it's important. And, you know, I elaborate on it more in the book, but I think this we don't know as empathic people and maybe people who are in your, you know, your beautiful network, they will like this because a lot of the people that come to your, your, your fit for joy site will be empaths and spiritual seekers and all of this. And if we don't know this core um, practice, they, they will have a better time living their lives and, and not allowing the other harsh energy of the world into their beautiful wanting, their beautiful little field that they've created for themselves. So it's actually to imagine your hands as mirrors and your palms when they're facing out away from you are mirrors facing away from you. So imagine others would be looking at a mirror and if they were to say something hurtful, harsh, unkind, something that you don't feel is true to you, it only comes as far to you as your hand. And then it will mirror back to them because you're not taking ownership of it. To me, it's kind of a law of attraction of uh, reverse or, you know, you're not allowing other people to say nasty things to you and to have it affect you at all. You're, it does not come to, to greet your chakras. It's not, you're not ingesting their icky energy. You actually can block them energetically and say in a politest way, no, thank you. Their words go back to them. So it's kind of law of attraction in reverse. Oh, wow. But it does help people not take on the energy output of others when they're, you know, of course you want the loving energy to come through yeah. if they say something heart center or up. But if, if it's harsh energy and you, you're an empath and you're working hard on keeping your energy field pure with your positive, you know, positive affirmations. It's a good way to make sure you're not affected by the other. So it's kind of law of attraction in, in the opposite. So it's clearing your field, putting up a force field around yourself so you don't take in that energy. Because again, when we're putting it out and it comes back, that's energy. That's all it is. It's little tendrils of energy. So what's the law of attraction? So that's... Yeah, the, I like that. Yeah, I would add that. Yeah, I like that, Linda. So in a way, we practice this every day or just when we are in the presence of someone who is trying to invade that field? You can do it when you walk by a TV that, that has, you know, and you can't control the TV at the time. So you're in a store and the TV's going on or something. You can, yeah, you can just say like, okay, I, I recognize that. And I'm like, there you go. Have, have it back, you know, take, put your mirror hands out and just be like, bounce off my mirrors. You're not affecting me. Thank you. See you later. That sounds very interesting because this is something that definitely affects us. Yeah. We work so hard to, uh, to protect the sacred place, but sometimes it gets invaded. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, Thank you, Linda. I think that's a power <laughs> and it's fun too. Yeah. It's fun because when you realize you left this party that you didn't want to go to because there's a lot of bad energy and you don't have anything stuck to you after it, you're so proud of yourself. Yeah, right. So that really works. Yeah. Right. That motivates. <laughs> um, would you like to say anything else or add or read a passage in your book before I ask you a few final questions unrelated to the subject? Oh boy, a passage in my book. Um, I didn't have one picked out. I don't think I did. I guess... You know, it's important right now. My last chapter is on uniting conventional medicine and alternative healing modalities. Yeah, that's a great one too. I have lots of questions that I cannot ask you today, but hopefully we'll talk again about it <laughs> one day. Yeah, and I just want to read this because this, this is where we're at, and it is one paragraph, and I think of it often, and I'm like, boy, I, this book came out last May. And this is so true because this just COVID uh, virus, I mean, this 
coronavirus just struck us out of the blue, right? And it made the whole world, no discrimination, age, size, gender, who cares? It doesn't matter. Every country is affected here. And so when we take in the alternative and the conventional healing modalities, which my book was about, I wrote this. So I wrote the book and at the end I, I kind of explained how I think it's great that we are all ready because they handed me the manual and I'm the healer and it just went hand in hand to my beautiful recovery. And I wrote here, besides all the progress that is being made, there is are still new illnesses cropping up. I realized the big picture is that this is earth school and that is the way it's supposed to be. It is a cycle that will continue and the most mature way to handle every situation is to work together. And then I wrote, cooperation is the key to unity. Let's unite. And I, and the world is doing it. And it does stink that we have to. But, you know, they keep fixing something in the world, an illness or coming up with a better way to do some heart, heart surgeries. And now we have the globe working on something, you know. Because it's going to keep continuing and we're just going to have to keep working together to combat it the best for everyone. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah so I did end the book kind of like that. Yeah, so. I love that. Collab- collaboration, working together, right? It's the only way to get there anyway. Uh, if you're going to heal the world, right, the way we see it and envision it, yeah, we'll be together. Thank you, Linda, for your work and um, and the conversation too. But we are not finished yet. Let me ask you my um, two questions, three questions. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? I live my life as a people pleaser, and I didn't have to. It actually worked against me. Uh, that's a hard thing to do when you were doing it for so many years to recognize and to forgive yourself and to cut it out because it's not helping other people. Yeah, so true. Yeah. So, so true. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change about your life or do anything differently? I would. Oh, uh, first of all, being so spiritual and loving what is after this, I'm really not afraid of it as far as fear. And I want to see, you know, Jesus and what it is, right? What it really is. I don't know, but I, I can, I've heard. <laughs> so I'm sort of excited, even though you don't want it today. So would I change anything in my life? I'm really happy. I live at the beach now. My kids are having fun in the States they're in. They're growing, they're maturing. You know, would I do anything differently? Yeah. If I was dying today, I guess I would go see them. I would want to be with <laughs> them. That's what I would do. But yeah, no, I like my life. Wonderful. Wonderful answer. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Mine is for me, I have my purpose. I really see it. I see it my way. I see it that we each have our own and this is earth school and we're supposed to do it right. And then we get a high place with God. So that's really what I think. So it's not a game, but it's each our own journey to evolve and feel good. I really think we're not here to suffer. Yeah, yeah. And I each like one that. of us is perfect the way we are because that was God's plan. You are this size, color, whatever, who cares? This is yours. You have these parents. You know, you have to work through that and help each other as much as you can through your circumstance. So I think we all have our own. Was that three? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't really matter the number anymore. <laughs> no. It was beautiful. Um, thank you so much for your presence and your wisdom. Yeah, and I so appreciate you and your interview and your kindness and your love and your glow just shines through. So I appreciate your wonderful hostess. Thank you, Linda. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, everything is on my website, lindacreacrea.com. And I do a lot of spirit of outreach on my Facebook groups. So Linda Crea is my main page. And then I have Spiritual Radiance and a Spiritual Recovery group. So I post a lot of inspiration, daily prayer, and and just joyful, maybe funny things sometimes mm-hmm. because yeah. that's just happy. Yeah. So that's my space. And Instagram and those you can all find and YouTube videos. And they're on inner healing, higher thinking, you know, really getting deep with your thoughts and different different things that might touch people in a certain space where they don't have that thought, unwinding of the thoughts in their normal lives. 
So that would be YouTube channel. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks so much. Bye for now, Linda. Have a blessed day. God bless you. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Linda Kriya, please visit her website, lindakriya.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.